Hey guys, this is Nintendo Mama. I know it's been a while since the last episode of Pros and Noobs, but it's been tough to find more crossovers between books and video games. So if anyone out there has found a tie between the two they want me to explore, let me know and I'm on it. Today's episode was inspired by a nice mix of what some might call serendipity and others might call marketing. I'm a big fan of science fiction books, and one major science fiction novel I've yet to read in my practically uh, 40 years of life is Dune by Frank Herbert. I was inspired by the upcoming movie, but you know how I roll by now, you should. I had to read the book first, so I got on it. To be honest with you, the book is a pretty tough read in the beginning because there's a lot of world building. World building is when an author creates an entirely new world with a new history and a new set of rules that might not even be the same rules we live by, like basic rules, like gravity might not even exist. Think about Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. So there's a whole history of people and terminology you have to learn while you're reading Dune. And in the beginning, it's a little tough because you have to keep looking at the glossary in the back, which is called the terminology of the Imperium. Words like mentat, which is basically a human that's trained to act like a computer, or naib which is a person who swears to die rather than be taken by an enemy. How dramatic. These are the kinds of things that you come across in the book that you keep having to look back and forth at in the beginning. So I'm reading Dune and the movie is coming out this week and my son opens up the item shop for Fortnite last night and there it is. He says, Mom, it's the characters you're reading about, and they're wearing the suits so they can drink their own pee. Don't worry, I'll explain that eventually. He wasn't wrong. I was excited all these things came together and gave me a topic to speak to all of you about. Obviously, the creation of the items for Fortnite were really there to promote the movie, but the movie is based on the book, and since the movie won't be out until later this week, I'll be mostly talking about how close the book is to many of these items. Before I get into the details, I do feel the need to give Frank Herbert and his son Brian Herbert, who kept writing Dune books in the series after his dad died, I feel like I need to give them some major credit and props. The world they created, the science they considered, it's really full and thorough, but I worry that people might see the movie who haven't read the book, and they might think that the movie is ripping off of Star Wars, but it's not. I just need to tell you, it's not. I just feel like I need to represent them and do like a public service announcement about that. How do I know it's not ripping off of Star Wars? Because Dune came first. Dune was published in 1965. The first Star Wars movie didn't come out until 1977. So when you hear or see things that seem similar, like the Bene Gesserits who are trained in the subtle art of human behavior and mind control using their voices, 
Yeah, sounds a lot like Jedis who use the Force. Or sandworms, or addictive spices, princesses, sand planets, gigantic, obese, slug-like royalty. I just want to be clear, all of these were part of the Dune series before Star Wars even existed. So there. Anyway, let's get to Fortnite item shop and how it stays true to the book, or doesn't. First up, we have two major characters, Paul Atreides and Chani. While they look very much like their Hollywood counterpoints, Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya, they aren't too far from the book characters either. Chani is described in the book as having a petite, elfish-like face with dark features, but also this presence, a command of strength and stealth. She's tough. Paul is the young son of a newly killed Duke Leto who has trained his whole life for dukedom, but also was trained by his mother in the ways of the Bene Gesserits. Think of uh, all female Jedis. Sometimes people refer to them as witches. He therefore is supposed to be young, slim, sort of innocent looking, but packing like a really pensative, pensive, thoughtful mysteriousness to him, a sort of quiet strength. It helps him that all the free men, the native people of this desert planet, Dune, um, think that he is Maudib, the savior of the planet that was prophesized many years ago. So they very easily grab onto him and like see him as a very strong character, even though he's really a young boy. So while the skins were obviously created to look like the characters in the movies, it seems the movie is keeping well to the book. The suits that you see them both wearing are called still suits. These are the pea suits that my son referred to. And like I said, he wasn't being strange or anything. He's pretty correct in calling them that. Arrakis, the planet where Dune takes place, it's referred to as Dune. Think of giant sand dunes, a pretty appropriate name for a desert planet. It's a horrible planet. It's dry. It's riddled with sandworms. And I have to admit, while reading the book, in the back of my mind, I was confused why anyone would want to live on this planet. Like, if interplanetary travel was available, why would anyone stay on a planet with practically no water? Like, even the birds evolved to survive off of the blood of the dead because there was no water. They even attack each other just for fluid. But it seems like the spice that is mined on this planet is highly addictive and worth the efforts because it is quite the trade commodity. Either way, I'd personally still leave for a more green planet with a Starbucks. Anyway, Arrakis is so dry that the people have to basically vacuum up the morning dew on the desert for just a few droplets of water to drink. Water drives so much of the choices on the planet because it's so valuable. This is why the people wear still suits. The still suits are tightly fitted suits that compress all over your body. It absorbs the sweat, saliva, and urine, you heard me, people's pee, and filters and processes it to drink. 
According to Kynes, the planetologist who's also Chani's father, a well-fitted still suit will make sure you don't lose more than about a teaspoon of water a day. I looked it up. On average, you lose a whole cup of water a day just from breathing. That would be very valuable to someone on Arrakis. You can see the mouthpiece to the suit around the necks of the of the characters on Fortnite. That piece would normally fit over a person's face to capture the sweat and water that comes through when breathing and speaking. You breathe out from your mouth and in through your nose, and you can see the tubes on their noses on the skin um, in the item shop. Throughout the book, it's mentioned that many of the freemen have like permanent indents from this tube when they're not wearing their suits because they're constantly are wearing them. Freemen, those are the people who have lived on Arrakis their whole lives. They generally have blue within blue eyes, that's what the book says, which basically means that their eyes, the whites of their eyes are blue and their actual eye color is blue and this is due to their addiction to the spice on the planet. It's pretty cool looking. The freemen know the desert better than anyone else so a lot of the other items in the item shop come from the freemen who have lived the desert their whole lives. So the freeman kit, the, or the Frem kit back bling, is a kit that contains all the essentials for surviving in the open desert. Paul and his mother Jessica thankfully had Frem kits, which helped them get by until they met Stilgar and his group of freemen, who included um, Chani. And without the, these Frem kits, they wouldn't have been able to survive that little bit of time in the open desert. The Frem kit includes a paracompass, which is basically a compass, um, a thumper, which is a stick with a spring and a flat end so that you basically hit it on the ground and it sends out a vibration to summon a sandworm. A still tent, so like the still suit, the still tent is a tent you can sleep in that prevents you from losing moisture while you're sleeping in the desert, and maker hooks. These maker hooks bring me to the next item in the item shop. There's a maker hook pickaxe, um, which really looks spot on. It's pretty cool. The freemen call the sandworms makers. And while the sandworms look a little goofy to me in the loading screen on Fortnite um, that you get with the pack, in the book, they're gigantic and scary. Think sand, that sandworm dragon thing from Mandalorian, like gigantic. Uh, but the freemen ride these sandworms. It is like a rite of passage for around the time that you're 12, 13, uh, Freeman gets a pair of maker hooks and mounts his first sandworm. Uh, they use these hooks to catch the sandworms, to mount them, and even to steer them. As for the twin blades, they certainly look cool, but I haven't read any mention of them in the first Dune book. Of course, there's other books in the series, so maybe it comes up later on, or maybe it's just something created for the movie because it looks cool. The ornithopter glider is definitely in the book and looks pretty much how uh, I pictured it. 
An ornithopter, often just called a thopter in the book, is how people get around Arrakis. Thopters only hold about six to eight people, and while they could technically go from planet to planet, they can go um, out into space, they're really more of a local way to travel. And on Arrakis, it's like the safest way to travel because you're in the sky and the sandworms can't touch or detect you because you're not sending vibrations into the sand. In the book, they're described as using jet propulsion and really fast-moving wings. So watching them on the Fortnite screen, I'm rather impressed how they translate from the book to the screen and have these uh, really cool wings. Last, what I thought was super cool touch was the emote, is the emote called Sandwalk. This is legitimately how the book describes people get around on Arrakis. It makes sure that they don't alert the sandworms because, did I mention they're gigantic and scary and don't have an adorable fish stick face like they do on the loading screen in Fortnite? They are bad and would swallow up a whole ornithopter. So the freemen all walk in the open desert this way so that their steps just seem to vibrate in a way that doesn't have a particular pattern and it's not predictable. So that their steps more seem like sand just being blown haphazardly in the wind. I want to add that there was one weapon in the book that I thought was super cool, um, that would have made a pretty cool item in Fortnite, but I guess they couldn't really make it into a pickaxe or something, and that's the Chris knife. The Chris knife is a knife that's blade is made from a dead sandworm tooth. The It's like this long fang-like tooth, and the tips of the knives are poisoned by the poison that comes from the nerves of the sandworm's teeth. And it pretty much kills somebody instantly. So a lot of people wear them strapped to their leg, but it's kind of a little bit scary because um, if you press it up against your skin, you could kill yourself. So I thought that might be a pretty cool weapon that was left out. But all in all, I think they did a pretty good job over at Epic Games. And apparently in the movie, it's getting me very excited about the movie because it seems like they stayed really close to the book. Um, but also they did a good job making things look good for the Fortnite audience in a way that may get some of you out there to see the movie and even better, maybe get you to read the book. So until next time, guys, keep reading and keep gaming. I just want to give a special shout out to my kids for being so awesome and so involved in what I'm into and allowing me to be involved in what they're into and helping me to find content uh, for all of you guys out there, whoever listens. Two pretty awesome kids. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs>